You're listening to Love Starts Here, a podcast for smart, successful women who are ready to finally have the love they want and deserve. Whether your relationship status is single, dating, or it's complicated, this podcast is exactly what you need to take your love and life to the next level. And now, here's your host, certified love and life coach, Melissa Snow. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Love Starts Here podcast. Did you guys all listen to my episode last week with Mirla from Married at First Sight? Wasn't it so good? You know, I got a lot of feedback <laughs> on that podcast episode because people who watched the show either loved her or hated her. And the majority were not fans of what they saw on TV. And the whole experience was really, really interesting for me because it was a really good reminder that what we see on TV is not an actual fact, (laughs) even if we're watching quote unquote reality shows. But it also was really good reminder as to the fact that no matter how good you are, no matter how successful you are, no matter how much you help other people, no matter how good of a heart you have, there's always going to be someone who is against you. There's always going to be someone who has a negative opinion of you. There's always going to be somebody that is so unhappy with their life that they spend all their time (laughs) talking about yours. And I actually posted on my Facebook last week after this experience. And one of the things that I said is that people only feel the need to throw shade on what shines. And if you are someone who has received shade (laughs) or hate or people with negative opinions of you, it seems like those people are always the loudest too, right? But if you look for the people who love you, you will always find them cheering you on. And just remember, people only feel the need to throw shade on what shines. All right. So today is my second interview with a Married at First Sight cast member. Today I'm talking to Rachel and our conversation is super interesting because she opens up a lot about her relationship with Jose, the man that she married at first sight, and really talks a lot about what she learned from the whole experience. And there's a lot from this interview that I know will help all of you in your relationships, especially those that are up and down and now you're together and now you're not and you're confused about what to do or you know what to do, but you're afraid. There's a lot of little nuggets in this interview that I think are really going to help you. So I hope that you guys enjoy it. If you do, please don't forget to leave a review because it helps me out a lot and helps other people find the podcast. All right. So without further ado, here is my interview with Rachel. I am here today with Rachel Gordillo. How was that? Pretty good? Yeah. Good. (laughs) (laughs) From Married at First Sight season 13, the Houston season. Rachel, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So before we get rolling, why don't you take a minute and just tell everybody a little bit about you for those people who didn't watch the show or even for the ones who did watch the show. So they think they know everything about you, but I'm (laughs) sure that they don't. (laughs) So I'm Rachel. I'm 34 years old. And I decided to take this huge risk of finding a husband because I've been struggling for a very long time. (laughs) And yeah, it was quite the experience. 
And how would you describe your experience overall on the show and the whole experience? It was great. I mean, it's always so important to constantly learn and grow, especially about yourself and how you are in relationships. You know, it's been a long time since I've had a super serious relationship. So I definitely got a spoonful of it right, right off the bat. Yeah. You can't get more serious than marriage. (laughs) (laughs) And you just jumped right in. That's one of the things that I was so impressed by you on the show is like, you obviously took the fact that you were married very seriously because it wasn't just like, if you're dating somebody and you're like, okay, this is kind of not what I thought it was going to be. It's much easier to just walk away, but you seemed pretty dedicated to doing everything that you could to make it work. Absolutely. That's something that I wanted. I wanted a marriage. So I was going to treat it as such, you know, I knew I couldn't treat it like a fling or a first date. It was really important to take it seriously to get the most out of it. Yeah. So had you dated a lot before you went unmarried at first sight? I did. (laughs) (laughs) So I, it like my first relationship was eight years long. And then since then, I think I've been pretty single for the past seven years. Okay. Like really small relationships, you know, those situationships that never really go anywhere. Mm -hmm. A lot of those. (laughs) Yeah. I think my listeners can relate to that. So (laughs) Can you tell us where your relationship with Jose is at now? So right now we are currently not living together. We're also not speaking. We're not on speaking terms. Um, Yes, we decided to end our marriage and it was just very awkward. It's weird not, not talking to someone that you had a really close connection with that you're married to and you went through all of this. So it's still kind of weird. It's still like, is it really it? Like, that's it. I'm just never going to talk to you again. So still kind of going through that. Yeah. So are you guys officially divorced? Uh, No. Okay. Not officially divorced. Okay. But the relationship is over. The relationship is over. Okay. So for those people who didn't watch the show, what I observed in your relationship were some pretty extreme ups and downs. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. And it seemed like there were a lot of times that it was like, okay, this relationship is over, but now we're going to try to work on it again. And now I think it's over again. And now we're going to try to work on it again. Tell us a little bit about what that experience was like for you. It was a lot. It was exhausting. It was definitely, like you said, ups and downs. So it did feel like a roller coaster. I was like, oh my gosh, are we Ross and Rachel from Friends? Like what's <laughs> what's going on? But yeah, it started off really strong. You know, I think within the third week, we said, I love you to each other after knowing that he had never said that before to someone, which I thought was shocking. Mm-hmm. And then literally within less than a week, we're having basically a relationship ending fight. And so, and then getting over that was tough, but yeah, it it was definitely complicated. Yeah. I'm sure. Define it as that. (laughs) So were you pretty clear going into the relationship, what you wanted, like what kind of a person you were looking for, what kind of a relationship you were looking for, the things that you were willing to negotiate on and the things that you weren't? Yes. uh, Going in, I knew I had to be 100% honest with everything that I wanted out of this process 
because like I said, I really did want to be married. I wanted to be married to the right person. So I had to make sure I was asking for everything I wanted and needed. And my non-negotiables were (laughs) one non-smoker. So I got that. Mm -hmm. And then number two was controlling. And number three was aggressive. Oops. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. So you knew what your non-negotiables were. How soon in the relationship did you realize or start to think like, I think some of these things might be present here. Yeah. So week two, we had a situation at our neutral apartment where his truck got broken into and he didn't feel safe there. And he was like, I'm just going to stay in my house. I feel safer in my house. And so immediately as his wife, I'm like, okay, like I'm going to stay with you. But then I thought you didn't ask me, you know, like, Hey, do you want to come stay at my house? Or it was immediately the decision that we're going to stay at his house, but I didn't think much of it. We go to his house and we're just talking about things. And, you know, like, what what are we going to do after decision day? We were big planners. We love thinking about the future. And so He was like, you're going to do this. Like, you're going to quit the gym because you need to save money and, you know, you need a new car. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, this is a lot. Like two weeks ago, I was living life (laughs) in my apartment in the city. And now I'm in the suburbs, you know, quitting the gym that has changed my life and making all these changes for you. But now I'm like, okay, what are you going to do for me? Like, we're not having that deception discussion. So because it was so soon, I was still in observation mode. And that's when I started taking my little notes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know if this is a big deal just yet. Maybe this is just a weird conversation we're having. You know, he's just getting his thoughts out. So I didn't make much of it. And that's why I kind of write things down to not make a big deal out of it. But keep it in the back of my head, like just in case it comes up again, like, okay, now I really do need to address it. Yeah. I think that's really smart. And that's one of the things I tell my clients when they're dating is like, a lot of this is just you gathering data. Like we don't have to take it so seriously. It's not like the end of the world. You're just getting additional information every time you go out with this person about who he is and what he's like and how he handles life. And you're just gathering data. So, I mean, granted you were married, but it's similar Mm -hmm. in the, you were in the beginning of a relationship. Yeah. I'm still like processing all of this. Like, is it a big deal? Like, am I okay with this? I didn't want to just come out with my first thoughts. I really wanted to think it before I made it into a big deal. Right. Yeah. So after this experience, have any of your negotiables and non-negotiables changed? So those definitely stayed in place. The controlling and aggressiveness. Now they just have, have like five stars more, next to them. Now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like compromising is big. Someone, a good listener mm-hmm. is, is on there now. Mm-hmm. My list grew now. There's a lot of them. I'm like, okay, you know what? I, I really need this in a, in a relationship. You know, I used to think I could be okay without certain things like the listening or the compromising because I'm so flexible and accommodating and all of that. But now I'm like, no, I, I should get what I want out of things. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was interesting to watch your relationship from the perspective of compatibility, which is something I've talked about on the podcast before and talked to my clients about a lot. Cause 
I think a lot of women think compatibility is like, do we like to do the same things? Do we like the same music? Do we both want kids? And all of that is important, but there's also this like just relationship dynamic that happens that I think a lot of times is either there or it isn't, but it seemed like you and Jose were incompatible in some pretty significant ways. Like when he was trying to feed you on the honeymoon (laughs) or, um, you know, just in the ways that you guys spent your money or the amount that you wanted to travel or even like summer Rachel versus regular Uh Jose. (laughs) (laughs) At what point did you realize, like, I think some of these things might be like too big of differences for us to overcome. Um, out of those things, I really didn't think anything was, we couldn't resolve Mm -hmm. just because I am someone, I am a very reasonable person. You know, I do want to save money. I do want to be more tighter with my money. So I'm not in debt. And Jose was kind of giving that impression of, Oh yeah, like I'm good at it. Like I need help spending less at Target and Amazon, but don't take (laughs) my trips away, you know? (laughs) And so I thought we could definitely compromise on that way and him not wanting to travel or not wanting to spend his money on, you know, adventures or just going out. I thought, oh, it's because you haven't done it with me. Like Mm -hmm. when you're finally doing those things with someone, you do get enjoyment out of it. And it's funny because Dr. Viviana, when she came to my apartment, she said, what if your, what if your match doesn't like going out? What if he's a homebody and just wants to stay at home all the time? And I said, well, he hasn't gone out with me, with me. You have a good time. Like you're going to enjoy life. I want us to go out and have fun. And so that's kind of my thinking. I'm like, cause they haven't done it with me. They -hmm. don't know yet. And same with him, like maybe he really wants someone to be on the same page when it comes to, you know, the amount of money we're saving. And I was willing, I was very open to learning about that. Why was it so important to you to try to work through some of those things and figure out where you could compromise and how you guys could get past them? Because when I first met Jose, like you were saying in the beginning, to me, compatibility was we like doing the same things. So His wedding gift to me was this blanket with like a large note on it that said, you know, this blanket's going to be for our picnics and to like cuddle on the couch and watch TV and for, you know, traveling. And I was like, oh my God, I haven't even met this person. And I love those to do those three things. Like I do like staying in sometimes on the couch, watching TV. I do like going on pit. I was like, oh, this guy's perfect. Like Mm -hmm. right off the bat, we have so much in common. So that's something hard for me to find some, you know, sometimes someone that's really willing to do all those things with me. And at that point I'd found that. So I'm like, Oh, this traveling money thing, like all marriages have these problems, don't they? Right. (laughs) I'm like, everyone gets through it. I don't see why we can't. That makes sense. So can we talk about the night that Jose locked you out of the apartment? Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. So for those who didn't watch the show, Basically, you guys had a disagreement. I can't even really remember what it was about. You left the apartment to walk, I think, one of the crew members to the uh-huh. car. When you came back, the door was locked, right? Uh, Banged on the door, no answer. He didn't answer his phone. You ended up having to sleep somewhere else because you were locked yes. out of your apartment. Yes. 
So it seemed like the next day when you guys were having a conversation about it. Now I'll preface this by saying, I realize we see a very small portion of what actually is happening in your life, but it seemed the next day, like he wasn't very nice to you. And the way that he talked to you and some of the things that he said, I think many women would have considered to be a deal breaker. And in fact, in that conversation, you said to him, like, if this is who you are, I can't be your wife. Mm -hmm. So how did you make the decision at that point, whether to actually be done with the marriage or to keep trying to work things out with him? Um, At that point, I really was done. Mm -hmm. I... I just couldn't be his wife. He seemed like he didn't care. He even offered to help me move out. <laughs> he mm-hmm. said, I have some boxes there. I'm like, okay, good. I guess we're on the same page. You do this. You don't want me here anymore. Like we can all, that's a wrap. Let's go. <laughs> Let's mm-hmm. go home. Um, however, there was a second portion. That's when I brought out my notes <laughs> and I said, <laughs> well, it's not just that, you know, let me tell you how I really feel. And I just, I told him everything. And strangely enough, it kind of seemed like he was finally listening. Like I finally told him you're controlling to his face. Mm-hmm. And he kind of was a little shook by it. Cause I will say, I don't ever think his intentions are to be this controlling machista, but he's just such a detailed person and wants things his way that he struggles with being flexible sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I'm a super flexible person. So I don't understand him in that way. And he doesn't understand me. So when I tell him he's controlling, it kind of like made him listen a little bit. And I could kind of see him softening up a, a bit. Mm-hmm. I think it was his ego talking at that point when he was like, I don't care. I'll help you pack your boxes. We can go. And then when I finally told him like everything I've been feeling over the past couple of weeks, not just the night before, he kind of realized like, oh, this is a lot bigger than just the fight we had yesterday. Even though it was bad, there was a lot more behind it. I think it's the reason why it blew up so bad. And so, yeah, I it was tough. At that point, still, I was I was done. It took probably three days later of constantly having little chats to finally be like, so where are we going from here? Mm-hmm. Once we all kind of calmed down a bit and he finally was very sorry. I don't know why he cannot say sorry on camera. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you that that ego, that male ego was... Is tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's big in some people. <laughs> So are you glad that you decided to continue working on the marriage after that? Or do you wish you would have made a different decision? I think about that a lot. Like going back, I regret forgiving so quickly. That is my biggest regret. I regret letting him back in so fast. I should have sadly let it drag on (laughs) more to make him really realize that that was not okay, you know? And because even to this day, he's still kind of like, he still will make an excuse for it. And like, it was bad. It was just bad period. (laughs) Yeah. So that's my only regret, but I did like it of how it kind of developed me in, no, I don't have to put up with things. And after that, anything that bothered me, I was like, Hey, that's kind of controlling. That's, you know, let's change your way of saying that, or let's really think about it. And he was willing to like work with me on things because I was so easy to point it out. Yeah. How did you become a person who was that willing to stand up for themselves? 
Cause I was super impressed by that. Like, I think I actually even yelled at the TV when you were like, then I cannot be your wife. I was like, yes, girl, <laughs> you cannot. But I know, I mean, most of us aren't born that way. So how did you get to a place where you're able to stand up for yourself like that? Same. I wasn't always that way. You know, I've had insecurities sometimes because you like someone so much, you're willing to put up with something, but thankfully through this process got me at a really good time. I was so happy. I had this new job that I loved. I was making good money. I had my own place. Like I felt in the best shape of my life. Like whoever I was going to get married to was going to get the best version of me. And I knew that I wasn't going to put up with anything. Someone yelling at me and locking me out. Oh, no, sir. Mm-hmm. That's that's not going to happen. I'll go right back to my apartment and go live my beautiful life that I made for myself. You know, mm-hmm. there's no loss in just leaving you right now if you're going to treat me like that. So that helped a lot, making sure I was in a right place mentally, where if I need to leave a situation like that, I'll be okay. I'll, I know I'll be happy. That's awesome. Have you ever felt like you are too much for a man? Not necessarily Jose, but any, but anybody that you've been in a relationship with or like, you needed to tone yourself down or be less of something like less confident, less opinionated, less independent in order for someone to like you or want to stay in a relationship with you. It's so funny. I've been thinking about that lately. It's not just with the person I'm with. It's with anyone. It could be a friend too. If someone is a lot more outgoing than me, I tend to kind of shrink down a bit. Mm-hmm. But if someone is giving low energy, then I feel like I need to be the outgoing one because I don't like awkward silences. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it just depends who I'm with. I don't think it really matters so much in a relationship. It could just be anyone and depending on the situation. But yeah, I try to be myself as much as possible. I know if I'm with a guy that seems to be very proud and, you know, wants to kind of shine and show off, I will kind of back off a little bit and let them have their moment. But I expect that in return. What do you think the biggest thing you learned from being on Married at First Sight was? The biggest thing I learned, and it had a lot to do with me forgiving Jose was, I do tend to focus on the potential in a relationship. I do tend to focus all on the good qualities and what this relationship could be and kind of neglect what's actually happening, you know, and, you know, noticing red flags and noticing signs because I'm so fixated on what we could be. Mm -hmm. And so that's definitely something I've learned to keep in mind for the future of, you really have to be very present in whatever relationship you're in and not fixate so much on kind of like the fantasy of what could be, because I mean, you'll never get there if you're ignoring what's currently happening in your relationship. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And you're definitely not alone in that. <laughs> and I think it's hard too, because in the beginning of a relationship, we all are showing our best selves. And so mm-hmm. we get to see how great the other person can be. And so then, you know, that's kind of what I was thinking the night that he locked you out is like, you saw this side of him, but you also had seen this other side of him to where you knew like his capacity for love, his capacity for romance and being this sweet, nice, caring person. And so I think that's part of what makes it so hard and why we end up going back and forth so many times in relationships is because like, I saw this side of you, 
but I also know there's this really wonderful side of you. And if we could just get that yeah. guy back, that would be super. <laughs> yeah. And that's exactly what happened. We talked a lot about our first three weeks of marriage of just how well we hit it off and just trying to get back to that place. So kind of like, I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to say you had a bad moment. That was a really rough situation, but if it ever happens again, or it's close to happening again, like that's it. That's your personality. I'm out. And so is that what ended up happening? Uh, no, it was, <laughs> I'm sure it's a longer answer I didn't than that. get locked out. <laughs> I, will, I will tell you that I did not get locked out again. I did not get cussed out again. Thankfully that's progress. But, <laughs> but it sounds like ultimately you guys just decided like this really isn't a compatible relationship. No, it's when you're just disagreeing all the time. And I just felt like my opinions were never heard. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, like, who am I in this relationship? Yeah. Like that gets old I, pretty quickly. There's more, there's more tears and laughs. I'm like, yeah, I got to go. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> so what advice would you give before we wrap up to any woman who's listening to this episode, who is in a relationship that is kind of that roller coaster up and down. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's horrible. Sometimes we're together. Sometimes we're not. What would you say to her? Well, the best advice is if you're going to end it, like make sure you're ready for the end. You know, I don't think it's healthy to be going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, because it is exhausting, Mm -hmm. you know, make sure of your decision. Don't make decisions based on the initial emotion that you're having. Let it sink in a little bit, process it and really decide, is this relationship for me or do I need to get out of a bad situation? Absolutely. That's really good advice. All right, Rachel, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Love Starts Here podcast. For more tips, tools, love and support, be sure to join the Love Starts Here Facebook group. To learn more about how you can work one-on-one with Melissa to take your love and life to the next level, visit www.melissamsnow.com.